Hello and welcome to Match Day FM. It's Morgan and it's deflected in out of absolutely nothing. Curzon and Ashton lead. Dixie to Hardy. Hardy in behind. Hardy past the goalkeeper. Hardy into the goal. 2-1 filed. Chance of Colin Day. Bobbing everywhere again. The other shot. And it's in. It's a recall as for Colin Day. It's been coming. What's a gap and he goes through it. And Akron gets the first try of the game for Siddle. Dan Bradley on his debut scores his first goal for Fylde. They've got it with Smith. They've got it with Smith. They've got a score with Smith. Unbelievable. Great chance. They've won it. Ashton have won it. Hello and welcome to the latest episode of Prem Talk from the Match Day FM podcast. I'm Chris Stott and I'm joined by Joe Richardson for this podcast. And there's so much to talk about. So we'll come to Joe very shortly, but I'll just quickly refresh everybody's memory of the results from the last round of the Premier League. Because, of course, we've had the midweek FA Cup as well. So in the Premier League, Aston Villa beat Arsenal by a goal to nil. Brighton and Burnley shared a goal each and shared the points, while Newcastle beat Southampton 3-2 in a really exciting game at St. James's. Fulham-West Ham, probably a bit less exciting, 0-0 in that one. Man United-Everton, another great game, 3-3, a late goal for Everton, getting the result there for them. On the Sunday, we saw Spurs beat West Brom. Wolves and Leicester ended goalless. Manchester City thumped Liverpool 4-1 at Anfield to continue Liverpool's poor run of form. And Chelsea got a win against Sheffield United by two goals to one. And rounding off the Premier League weekend was Leeds winning 2-0 against Crystal Palace. So, Joe, we're going to go straight into what we believe is the main talking point from that round of action. And that is Manchester City winning 4-1 at Liverpool. The question is, uh, how impressive was that result then, Joe, from Manchester City? Going to Anfield, yes, Liverpool haven't been in great form of late, but to go there and win 4-1 and, let's face it, for the first 25 minutes or so, they didn't get going. Um, so just how impressive was that from City? No, I mean, the first half was was pretty abject, to be honest. Um, I was thinking in the back of my mind that it would be like a lot of these big games this season that um, the away team would be happy to go away with a point. I think City would have been probably content with a point. Um, but Liverpool had to win. Um, but then, you know, at half-time, obviously they'd missed the penalty by then, but Guardiola sp- uh, smelt blood, didn't he? Um, and really went for it, changed the system, went to um, two up front, Foden and Bernardo Silva. I mean, Stotty, what, what's gone on to football? I mean, with, with them two playing up Play up front, we you know you think four four two, think two big men up front, and then you got these, these two little number yeah. tens. Up Gone front, are the days of uh, Cole in York, for example, <laughs> yeah. when we've got these two. Yeah. I mean, it's always, oh, it's, oh, it's, it's it's brilliant. I I love it. Um, just it it just I mean Pep Guardiola um, on a wider point has, has just as as has made the Premier League just uh, the best thing. Um, watching his teams throughout his career is an absolute joy. Um, and they were absolutely devastating, weren't they, in the second half? Um, open the scoring. Liverpool get back into it, to be fair. And then, you, you know, like, you know, this this looks like it's going to be a proper game. Fair play to Liverpool. They gave it a good go. And then, well, obviously, um, you know, something inexplicable happened. A five five minutes of inexplicable happened with, with the Liverpool goalkeeper, which... You know, is um, 
completely out of the blue for him. Uh, don't want to make any excuses for him. Uh, he just lost his head, and I'm sure as as a as a goalkeeper before Stotty, you know when you make the first mistake, it's so much easier for the second one and the third one to come straight after because your head's all in a mess. Um, but take nothing away from City; they were absolutely so good. Um, I think the the Chelsea the Chelsea match was was unbelievable. The first thirty minutes, but that was up there as well. Um, just scintillating football, pass and move, the movement, the um, uh, just just how quick they are. And I mean, we'll come on to the two the two lads, Foden and Gundogan, but just they're just a joke. How good they are! Yeah, it's funny how you mentioned that that Chelsea game where that first half they were so so good uh, and didn't have to do much in the second half to go and um, complete the victory. Again, in in this game. It was really one half of perfect football has, has got the job done. It'll be, be absolutely terrifying if they can put a, a full 90 minutes of that level in, won't they? I mean, I, I, I don't think they probably have to. Um, like, in most games, I don't think they can really they don't have to get out of second or third gear to really blitz teams, which is the, you know, which is, uh, which is the scary thing, really. Um, it'd be interesting to see, obviously, what what happens in in Europe, um, uh, because you know over the last couple of years they haven't been able to do it in the big European matches. Um, you know, it looks like it looks like the league is now sewn up. So, um, you know, will he go? You know, obviously he's going to take the Champions League seriously because that was what he was brought in to do. Um, was to win the uh, win the Champions League for Manchester City, but obviously, time will tell um, with that. But yeah, they're just they're just an exceptional team at the moment. And it's all done as well without De Bruyne and Aguero for the majority of it, and that's partly down to the two players um, you, you touched on, Foden and Gundogan, have just taken their game to another level this year. Obviously, we all knew Gundogan was a, a very good player. He's turned into a top-class player this season for me. Probably one of the players of the season so far. Um, and then Phil Foden's got to be in that conversation as well for me. He's been unbelievable the last few weeks. And on those two, had, like I said, have they just taken their game to another level and sort of filled the void left by De Bruyne? Yeah, I'll, I'll start with um, I'll start with Gundogan because uh, I want to come on to Foden and wax lyrical about him. But um, Gundogan, uh, I've been quite critical of Gundogan the last couple of seasons and probably the start of this season as well. Um, I think throughout his City career, he's kind of played it safe and I, I always feel like the underlying ability, he's never shown it. Um, too too much kind of sideways passing. Um, the stuff that's kind of levelled at Rodri, I would say. Um like he's he's got the ability to make that like killer pass and break the lines and stuff, and he hasn't really been doing it. I I feel like he's been kind of playing within within himself. Don't know what you think, but um, it, he's. I mean, since De Bruyne has gone out of the team, um, he's just he's just absolutely exploded. Goals, assists, getting in the box, late runs into the box, tap-ins. Goals from outside the box. I mean, that goal against West Brom is unbelievable. Like, touch it with your left foot and then first time into the bottom corner. Um, and it's it's like, it, it's not a fluke that either that, you know, maybe in his career he hasn't gone through a, a streak of scoring a load of goals, but he's getting in the right positions. And yeah, he's just, 
he's just playing uh, out of this world at the minute and um, and fair play to him. And yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that, that he's sort of underwhelmed a little bit in his early City career and he's, he's showing ultimately why he was brought to the club and why he was highly rated over in Germany with Dortmund once because he was Forget really, he's still relatively young as well. And he's, you know, after a couple of seasons at Manchester City, you know, he was young when he when he came to came to England. Yeah, he, was a t- he was a top player, what was it? Um, what was seven years ago, wasn't it? Yeah, the, the Champions League final against Bayern Munich, which which is a long time ago in a in a top top level footballer's career. And I, I don't know, has he underachieved in his career? That's probably a bit harsh, but like. You know, you, you you feel like um, you want to see more of him uh, going forward, but now he, he really is adding goals and assists to his game. And um, yeah, he, he is, uh, well, to be honest, um, it, it'll be interesting when De Bruyne comes back, like what actually happens to Gundogan, because you don't really want to change it much, to be honest, uh, the way they're going at the minute. So um, that'll be a, a, a nice problem to have, I suppose, for, um, for old Pep. Yeah, you'd probably never think uh, when uh, we're talking about De Bruyne coming in, actually thinking, where does it get in considering the form of the players and, and Foden in particular? Yeah. You said you want to wax lyrical. Here's your chance, Phil Foden. You know, I'd, I'd noticed the last season or so, he tended to play in the games against mid to lower table sides. Now he's getting put in, in, in the big games and being the best player on the park. That... Yeah. That's the biggest compliment you you can pay to him, really, and say that he's, he's the best player on the pitch in games like that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I mean, you you have you do have to pinch yourself, don't you? That that he's actually English. Um, it's it, it's it's honestly mad. Uh, you know, from from our generation watching, um, you know, Eng- English players and England players of the past. You know, you, you'd never think that you know, of our experience of playing football, um, that we could produce players like that. Um, but it just goes to show that the level of English coaching at youth level has gone to a different level now. Um, and, the, you know, all the, you know, a lot of these players have been there. You know, Foden's a special talent, but it's not like we haven't had players with his talent. Like, I look at Jack Wilsh as a prime example. Um Brilliant player, uh, obviously been decimated by injuries, but you know should have done what Foden's doing now. Um, and but like I mean, yeah, it, it's it's testament to how good um, the city coaching um, youth youth teams under twenty one coaches are. Um, but yeah, I mean, on the weekend, just mind bogglingly good. I mean. I think the hardest thing in the game is to receive the ball on the half turn and then play it with your other foot. Like, so he controls it with his right and plays it on the half turn. I just love that. I think mean, it's just, it's just so good to watch. And, and he's quick, Stoy. He's quick. He's almost like he, he was taken on Fabinho and he completely, he completely did him for pace. It's like, wow, what can this kid not do? Yeah, it, it's scary too. Like, I think. You know, I, I've heard, um, you know, pundits liken him to the likes of Paul Gascoigne in terms of an, an England player. You, you could very much see that when, you know, he's on the ball taking on players. But you would also say that, you know, why aren't we saying, you know, he's a player that could potentially be as good as, 
you know, dare I say some of the big names here, you know, where could it be in five years? Could it be in the same sort of brackets as we're talking, you know, your Messi's, Ronaldo's, your Neymar's and Bappe's? Do you think he's got the potential to be really one of the top, top players in the game? Well, of course he does. Um, but, you know, uh, those are the elite of the elite and you've got to do it season in, season out. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, I hope, I hope to God that he's he's part of this. Well, he's part of a top team. doesn't have to be Man City, I suppose. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to say here and say, like, oh, I, I'd love him to be in City's midfield for 10 years and then dominate English football and what have you. But he has to be, like... I mean, again, going back to going back to Sunday, I think I think the point that you made before is is the key one about it do, doing it in the big game. It's all right, you know, bossing it against um, you know your Southamptons, your West Broms, your West Hams, whatever. You, West Ham's a bit harsh, but you know, lesser teams. Um, but to boss it against Liverpool at Anfield, you know, historically such a hard place for any opposition player to play. Um, and just to be the best player on the park was just just absolutely exceptional. Um, just to play with the confidence, the freedom, um, and be disciplined as well. I mean, Pep did kind of out him a little bit in the in the interview, saying that he needs to work on his defensive. Um, you know, he needs to know where he's where he needs to defend, etc. But that's that that just speaks volumes as to how good he was and. Uh, the standards that Pep Guardiola sets because he is the the hardest taskmaster in football. So, you know, that's nothing against Foden. It, it will come. Um, and, you know, he is absolutely flourishing at the minute and I hope that he is uh, an England player for a long, long time. But that's... that's it doesn't... It doesn't... doesn't, uh, doesn't hinder him that he's left-footed either. Just just makes it better. Yeah, well, I was, I was just... Quickly on Man City, just to, to wrap it up and wrap it up on Foden. Um, you know, obviously the Euros, you know, getting getting closer. Um, if they still touch wood, do go ahead. Is it a case now of not whether Phil Foden gets in the team? It's build that team around Phil Foden and Harry Kane potentially now. Well, he has to play, doesn't he? Um, at the moment, uh, there's no reason why. Obviously, you've got. You've got Grealish in there as well, who's taken his game to a new level this season. So, you know, he has to be in there. But, uh, well, yeah, I, I, it comes back to uh, is the manager brave enough to put them all in, in in a system that works? And that's always been the case with England. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. Um, I, I honestly can't get my head around or I'm struggling to think of the best way to, to get the best out of this team. Um, but, uh, yeah. I hope that the manager comes up with something. We got because you got Madison as well to fit in there potentially. Maybe not play, but um, again to come off the bench. And then Sterling. I mean Sterling or, or Rashford is, and or Sancho are going to be obviously key with Kane feeding them, Foden feeding them. So uh, yeah, let's just let's just hope that he puts as many of them in on the pitch and the in a in a system that works. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And I'm sure we'll be revisiting that in a Matchday FM podcast in a couple of months' yeah. time anyway. And uh, obviously, there was two so. teams in this game. Obviously, Liverpool. Oh, really? We, we've, got to, we've, got to, we've got to touch on them. Obviously, they've they've um, hit a real bad spell, haven't they? Um, do you think this, you know, 
has ultimately ended the title show. And do, do you believe, because I asked uh, Chris Coughlin and Balve um, the other week on this, whether a defeat to City would would change the conversation to just top four qualification. As a neutral, do you see it as a case now of don't think about the title? Um, in terms of the league, it's, it's top four because they've got a job on to get that potentially. Yeah, I think you'd have to say that, wouldn't you? Um, what are they, 13 points behind now? Something like um, that, yeah. Like, well, they're not in they're not in title-winning form and they have to hope that Manchester City completely fall off a cliff and then they have to be in title-winning form. It's just not going to happen. Manchester City are in title-winning form and Liverpool are not. So, yeah, the league, the league is done. Um, I mean... I don't particularly like how the manager comes out and and, and has said that. You know, I, I think there's there's still a lot long way of the season to go. This season has been absolutely mental. Anything can, I suppose, happen, um, and they should fight till the end. But yeah, uh, top four. Um, I, I would still suspect that they would comfortably finish in the top four. Um, I, I think they will get their mojo back. But you know, it's not as easy as as you think. Um, Obviously, there are a load of top uh, teams up there. Leicester, Manchester United, um, Chelsea might even push if they can get their act together. Tottenham as well. So it's, it is competitive up there, but I, I would suspect that Liverpool will be fine. And I, I think um, I think it was a point that Gary Neville made that uh, he would kind of let Liverpool off this season, the dip they have. I. I would be of the same opinion, but I, I do think that the injuries that they've had have just been like off the scale bad. Like you're not just talking, you know, your best player, your best couple of players out. You're talking six or seven all at the same time and in key positions. Like Alice has missed a few games, even Robertson's missed games. Trent Alexander-Arnold obviously hasn't been at the level, but um, obviously Van Dyke's the the uh, the key one Tiago hasn't been able to settle um, and that you know that affects the whole team so yeah and the uh, knock on I, effect I, go on sorry yeah. uh, the knock on effect has, has has been like you said those injuries has been somebody like a Jordan Henderson yeah he's played but he's been played centre half and yeah. he's a top class central midfield player so yeah. when you have to change that around it like you say it just affects the team massively doesn't it yeah, um, and yeah, I I would I think their level for three seasons has been absolutely astonishing. Um, you know, to do what they did last season after being pipped by a point by Man City and getting ninety eight points is just absolutely incredible. Um, so you know, this is a top team; they will come back. Um, it's not doom and gloom for them because they still have a very good squad. They they need to make additions. Um, but they have been very, very unlucky with injuries. Having said that, the manager doesn't rotate the team, so you can see why. But you know that is the case with Liverpool, and that is the case with Southampton as well. You don't want to compare them, but those are the two teams that hardly change the team and have been completely decimated by injuries in this season. Yeah, I, I, I totally understand your point there, and I absolutely 100% agree with it. To be honest, because I, I know well, I said uh, previously, yeah, because I, I know I, I, I said to people previously that, um, for example, in the Champions League, I think when they played Michelin away from home and Salah and Mane, whoever are, yeah. are playing, that just 
makes you think, whatever. But you're saying about how the title looks done. Do, do you think ultimately the drop points by um, Leicester and Man United have ultimately led to Manchester City being in a position now where they're just going to run away with it, having dropped, you know, two points further behind United dropping a goal in the last second. That just seems like a potentially pivotal moment that see City start pulling away. Yeah, um, but I just I just don't think it's, it comes back to that point that I made about title winning form and. I don't see where Man City are going to drop all these points that they're going to have to get to let the others back in. And I don't trust Manchester United to sustain a run of winning football. They've gone through their, you know, 10 game winning run that they have done, which put them in the position that they had, uh, they were in, sorry, uh, before the Liverpool match. Um, and now they've kind of reverted back to type, it seems. Leicester have Europa League, don't they, to deal with. So I think their squad will be stretched by that. And I think, uh, well, it's, you know, it's hard to, it is hard to draw conclusions week by week. But I think the, the goals have obviously dried up a little bit because of Vardy being injured. And then uh, I've, I've just dismissed Liverpool, so they can't win it. Chelsea can't win it. Um, so yeah, it's over. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I know I've been thinking. Look at the city's up, upcoming fixtures. It is probably the toughest run fixture-wise, playing a lot of the big teams. Ultimately, they come out of the Manchester derby, top of the league, and top by, I would say, two to three wins. I think I think that is where you what, what, you what sign it off. Then? Tot- Tottenham on the weekend, and then Everton, then Arsenal and West Ham. Yeah, I mean, then United. So it's yeah. the next few fixtures, ultimately, I, th- I think, like I say, if you come out of that Manchester derby and we're still talking at the same sort of points margin, I think you could probably actually go, yeah, okay, absolutely, yeah. curtains. How many How many do you expect them to lose? Like, I think they'll beat Tottenham. Yeah. I think they'll probably beat Everton. They'll probably beat Arsenal, probably beat West Ham. Yeah. They probably do. Uh, I don't know. And, they, and these yeah. are the ones you look at and think, you know, historically and based on form of the other side's yeah, you could make a case for points being picked up by these teams, but you could, I think it worst City draw one game out of that lot. Yeah. And then obviously the derby can be a toss of a coin job sometimes. Yeah. So it will be interesting to see how the next few weeks pan out, but City, well, let, let's hope that they do because let's hope that they do because, you know, for a long time this season, we were thinking that this is going to be such a brilliant title race with loads of teams in it. And we don't particularly want one team to waltz it now. Um, so uh, let's hope so, but I just don't see it. But like, just looking at the table again, 14 goals conceded all season. Uh, the closest is what 22 or something. Um, incredible. You're listening to Matchday FM. It was isn't a hoot. <laughs> we all laugh now. Was there any point when you were just like, please stop? I remember watching that match and I was thinking. When is this going to end? I was meant to be going to see uh, an ex-girlfriend of mine, and I just kept saying to me, like, you know, just watching the end of this match, and then <laughs> 10 minutes later, you know, another Patience. text, where are you? Yeah, it still hasn't finished. And to be honest, that's probably why she's an ex-girlfriend of mine. Now. <laughs> I was going to say, blame, blame John Esner for that, I was. Yeah, and, uh, and Nicholas and who, yeah, both of them. This is Match Day FM, home of sporting banter and debate. So looking at the weekend's fixtures now, 
We're going to do some predictions and discuss some of the talking points from a couple of really big games. And it starts on Saturday with the 12.30 game between Leicester and Liverpool. Liverpool in wretched form. Either side of two wins against Spurs and West Ham. So, Joe, do you see this as an opportunity for Leicester to try and cement their top four credentials? Yeah. Um, I can't really call this one, to be honest. Uh, Leicester, yeah, I, I think they have got Vardy back now, but is he going to be... Is he still fully fit? You, you're not You're not quite sure. Um I don't know. I think I think all three results are possible here. Uh, I think Liverpool Liverpool could do a job on them. Leicester could beat them, um, but I'm going to stay safe. I'm going to say a draw, one all. I don't think there'll be much between them. Yeah, it has got the feel of a very tight game, doesn't it? I know uh, Leicester did make quite a few changes in the FA Cup just to try and freshen it up. Obviously, one eye on on this game. They played Brighton and got through late in, in actual goal. But yeah, I, I can see see this one being a draw myself. Um, and we, I'm going to go for a 2-2. We'll go for a Desmond just to mix it up. Leicester 2, Liverpool 2 at the King Power. Crystal Palace, Burnley. Burnley, they look as though they're, they're just going to get by at, don't they really? You know, you get the feeling they're probably only one or two wins away from that. Absolutely cementing their place in the Premier League next season. Crystal Palace probably just the the one really, um. So what do you see happening at Sellers Park? Uh, I don't know really. To be honest, I think I didn't watch the Leeds game, but uh, Palace. I don't know. Um, you know they go and beat Newcastle and then seem to put in a wretched performance against Leeds as well. Um, like, yeah, I. I but your points about both of them needing a couple of wins means, you know, that they don't actually have to win all these games. Uh, but I, th- I think Burnley might nick this one. They'll go one nil Burnley. Yeah, I, I, I'm going to go nil nil. I don't think it's going to be a great one. This is probably last on match of the day. I mean, there's only four games to go on match of the day, but <laughs> yeah, this will this will be last. Uh, then big one, Man City against Spurs. See, Spurs probably need this win as much as City just to try and get themselves back in the conversation for, for top four because like you, you said earlier Joe there's so many teams pushing for that and you know when you're throwing in West Ham and Everton who weren't there last season as well it makes it even more difficult for Spurs can you make a case for them getting anything out of this game against Manchester City? Uh, don't think so no um I think City will be comfortable. Um, Spurs look shaky at the back. I think they'll concede three. And it's just what the case of whether they score one. <laughs> um, yeah, I'll I go 3-0. I'll go uh, I think it'll be comfortable, honestly. Um, just, uh, just quickly on Spurs. I mean, the... I, I lo- I, that, that cup game against Everton, oh, was, that was, Crazy that was game. my favourite... That was my favourite bit of football for a long time. I mean, I've I've been I don't know, I don't know about you, but I have come a bit sick of just wall to wall football. I ne- you need you need a bit of a break from it. But I was like, yes, uh, on on Wednesday, I'm gonna watch that game. I was just like, ah, oh, yes, great. This is a proper game of football. I was it was just end to end, even even in extra time, it was exciting, which never happens. So yeah, that was great. But I mean, Tottenham 
Um, you see him five against Everton. Hmm. Not good when you come up against the, the runaway league leaders. Yeah, when you concede five against Everton, you dread to think how many you're going to concede against Manchester City, really, don't you? And be interested to see how Mourinho approaches it. Um, you know, will he just completely show up sharp here? Um, it might be the only option, but yeah, I can see Manchester City winning and probably winning quite comfortably. I'm going to go 2 0. Brighton against Aston Villa. Again, Brighton just probably fall into that category of probably a couple more wins um, because of the fact that everybody behind them has got so much catching up to do as much as anything. And Villa very much still in the mix for, for one form of Europe, aren't they, at least? So, um, what about this one? Um, Brighton, first of all, I've been very impressed with them the last six or seven games. I haven't got their run in front of me, but um, I thought they looked in big trouble a month ago, a month or so ago. And um, they really, really uh, tightened up at the back, not conceding any goals. And um, that that's massive for them. And I mean, that's what they needed to do. Um, and full credit to Graham Potter. I've, I've been an advocate of him before. I think he's proven that he's a very good coach. So fair play to Brighton. They've, they've got themselves out of it. Um, uh, but it's really hard to back against Villa, isn't it? I think this game will suit them. Um, Brighton, well, I've just said Brighton don't really concede, but it's, it's hard, it is hard to keep Villa out, I think. So I'm going to say Villa uh, 2-1. Yeah, with the form of Ollie Watkins as well this season, it you know I've heard people talk about him potentially being a fringe player for England. You know, with you know that selection between yeah, him, I, Bamford, I, I Calvert Lewin. I would have him as a third striker, yeah, for Kane and Calvert Lewin on on this season and mm. and what he's doing at the moment, yeah. Yeah, he's certainly putting himself in the conversation, which is fair play to him. Uh, obviously, Grealish is playing well. You know, I, I've been a big fan of Emmy Martinez in the goal as well. Kept so many clean sheets this season. Um, another one at the weekend against Arsenal. And I can see him keeping a clean sheet here. And I'm going to go for 2-0 to Aston Villa in this one. Then on to Sunday, Southampton against Wolves. The Saints have beaten Wolves in the FA Cup uh, just this evening as we're recording. Uh, which Joey's very delighted about. Um, and I, as you touched on before, Saints have had rotten luck with injuries. A um, couple of difficult um, games in recent weeks, but that win in the FA Cup could do wonders for confidence. And can they go and back it up at home this time against Wolves? Uh, I don't know. That's a question. Um, I just think that FA Cup result is just massive. Just... They needed to uh, grind out a result. Um, any result would do. Like, you know, when you're in that form and when you've got players out, all you need is a just an ugly win to try and just get a little bit of confidence back. And I hope that, um, I hope that that does it for them. But I just fear that the tight turnaround is a bit too much. I mean, 12 o'clock on a Sunday. I mean, what, what were you, Thursday night? Mm. It's like, what do you expect from these lads? Um you know, I, I I think Wolves are. I mean, Wolves could turn them over, but I'm going to be optimistic and say it's going to be a draw. Um, I don't know if you'll be up at that time, Scotty, to watch it, but I'm I'm not looking forward to getting up early and 
being set in front of the telly for midday. I mean, lazy Sunday, yes, but um, a bit getting myself up for a twelve o'clock game against Wolves. <laughs> so I'll go. I'll go one-one. I think. Yeah, I think you need some uh, dedication to get up for that. For that one, yeah. to be honest. <laughs> but, but yeah, ultimately, what I'd say is uh, the FA Cup win. Obviously, the fact that it have had to pretty much pick the strongest available team because anybody who's fit plays right now for, for Southampton. Obviously, by winning, justification for that. And I think it's a, in many ways then a free hit for for Southampton this league game because they're, they're in no danger whatsoever of anything, really. Um, so And with the FA Cup draw getting Bournemouth, that's going to be the, I'd imagine, top of the hit list now for, for the Saints. And I think ultimately, I, I think it's just going to enable Wolves to get something from this one. And I'm going to, I'm going to, unfortunately, Joe, for you, I'm going to go Wolves 1 0. Uh, well, West, I mean, they did, they did rest all their play, a lot of their players uh, for yeah. the FA Cup game. So, you know, Which I see very bizarre. Me, me, <laughs> yeah, yeah, bizarre, really. Yeah. Because uh, I don't think they're in much danger either. Don't think so. Yeah. That, that was bizarre for me. So, uh, yeah, but I, I would much rather have won the FA Cup game and, and lost the league game. So, hopefully it works yeah. out. Absolutely. Uh, West Brom, Man United. West Brom have had awful run at home against some of the bad teams. Man City put five past them. Even Leeds put five past them. Do you expect Man United to put four or five past them? Or do you think Big Sam might finally have found a way to stop the goals going in? Nah, I don't think so. Um, well, it's 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 difficult predicting Man United at the best of times, isn't it? <laughs> You'll know more than more than anyone, but I just I just can't see them uh, not winning this by at least two or three. Like, uh, just I just think West Brom are just bad, just rank bad. Yeah, I'll go a four-one Man United. Yeah, I would stick my neck out and say. West Brom are probably worse than Sheffield United yeah. right now in, in, in terms of what, what I've seen this season. Yeah, <laughs> so our results wise, <laughs> table doesn't say as much, but I think there's only a point or so between them, isn't there? But yeah, Man United, their away form has been so, so good and uh, they, you'd fully expect them to win. Um, obviously, major disappointment to not be Everton having... Um, been two goals up at halftime and seemingly cruising. They were excellent, I thought, for 20 yeah, minutes yeah, or so. Yeah, I, again, I didn't watch it. Um, they played well, but didn't get the result. Yeah, and it's bizarre, really, because uh, we talked so much about, uh, you know, last few weeks, the defence has been been good, but maybe the attack as in, in you know, the big games such as Manchester City. But then, complete roles reversed, and it was a defensive horror show. Um, well, the amount of times they've stunk the gaff out this season and won two, three now. I know, yeah, this is just crazy. It's bizarre. Well, Gary Neville did say they're an odd bunch this United side, and they're proving it. But we fully expect them to go to West Brom and win. I'm going to go three nil to Manchester United. Arsenal against Leeds. I don't know about you, but this is one that you said you said earlier. Uh, there's so much football on that, you know, it's difficult to watch every game and you sort of get a bit, you know, disenchanted with watching so much football. But Arsenal against Leeds, the way Leeds go about the business, 
I don't know about you, but I, I'm quite looking forward to this one. It could be quite a good game. Oh, anytime watching Leeds is just brilliant. I absolutely love them. Um, mate, yeah, I mean, I'll get stick for this because you're not supposed to like Leeds uh, as a football club. I mean, you're not supposed to, I mean, I'd, I don't particularly have that strong opinion on them, but you know you don't have to like the football club to love this this team that they've got. I mean, they're just they're just, they're just brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Go gung ho, um, absolutely fantastic. Like and proper football as well, fast like one twos. Uh, oh, brilliant. Um, and they could easily batter Arsenal. You know, they could easily batter. Them. Uh, oh, I want to stick my neck out and say that they, they will. Um, but they could easily get beat, I suppose. <laughs> That's late season in a nutshell, isn't it, really? Go on, go on Scotty. You go for I'm not going to copy you, but I, I'm just interested. There's definitely goals in it. Let's face it. Yeah. I, I'm going to yeah. go something stupid like 3 all. I could... Because yeah. it, it is one of those games you just have no idea. It could be nil-nil, but I've 20-odd shots on goal or something. Yeah. But yeah, I'm going to go 3-3. So Leno should be back, I think. So I mean, like again, yeah, I think yeah. so. Uh, that would, you know, you think sure Arsenal up a little bit. I mean, they were pretty bad against Villa, lacking creativity. So uh, yeah, why why not? Let's go two one leads. Should be good. should be good fun anyway. That one, uh, Everton. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm looking I'm looking forward to that now. Actually, you've sold it to me. <laughs> Everton Fulham. Um, there was goals when they met at Craven Cottage um, earlier in the season, and obviously Everton got five in midweek. Calvert Lewin's a doubt though, um, which is a potentially big blow because they got two games, second of which will come on to very shortly. Um, but what do you see happening at Goodison in this one? Uh, I think it'll be a comfortable Everton win, even without Calvert Lewin. Um, unfortunately for Fulham. Um, yeah, I probably haven't been on this podcast for a while to say this, but uh, yeah, their window's gone, I think, um, sadly. They've been threatening to get this important win for, I don't know, six or seven weeks now, and they haven't done it. They've drawn too many games, unfortunately. Play, again, playing well, being, being hard to beat. I mean, you have to think about it in context. I mean, uh, the nil-nil draw against West Ham, you know, uh, is on paper a, a very good result, but you know, for them, it's it's useless, isn't it? Really, um, for their for their survival uh, hopes. And you know, as long as that run goes on, it, it just becomes so much harder to get that win. So, I, I think Everton um, will have more than enough for them. So, two nil to Everton, I think. Yeah, pretty much exactly the same. Two two nil Everton. There, I think fairly comfortable uh, West Ham against Sheffield United the first of the Monday night games obviously West Ham had a great season Sheffield United I don't, you know they're having a good go they're making a fight of it and that's all that you can ask for really yep. yeah um, yeah fair, fair play to them um, I mean they have been shocking this season but uh, you know in, in in recent weeks they they have to be fair you can see that they're fighting for the manager so uh, fair play to them for for doing that and not, you know, uh, it doesn't look like they're going to be the worst Premier League team ever. So that's something. Um, but yeah, uh, West Ham, um, very good. Um, 
I banked on them beating Fulham, to be fair, last week. They didn't, but uh, yeah, I think they will. I think it'll be tight, to be fair. I think uh, Antonio's a doubt, which is a, a, a blow for them. I think he makes a massive difference to that team. So I'll probably say West Ham will shade it 2-1, I think. Yeah, I'd, I think West Ham, obviously, without Antonio, are damaged a bit in terms of going forward because they look pretty toothless against United, Man United in the cup with Yarmolenko down the middle. Um, obviously, they'll have Jesse Lingard available for the game as well, which just adds a little bit more. And I think they'll have enough to win the game. I'm going to go 2-0. Uh, Chelsea against Newcastle then um, I mean Newcastle without Wilson uh, won't I don't think cause Chelsea much of a problem Chelsea uh, yeah well I don't like them winning at the moment um, I don't like how you know, I mean, they weren't great against Sheffield United. I mean, they're still one, to be fair. But you know, like it's it's, it's the same old thing with Chelsea. I, I chatted to it with with Sam and Balve about. Um, they'll go through. They'll go on this decent run. They might even get into the top four this season. Um, you know, um, this this group of players, or you know, a lot of those core group of players of down tools and managers before. Um, they're historically great at it. So, you know, it really wouldn't surprise me if um, if, if they went on a run now. Um, and I think it will carry on here. 2-0 Chelsea. Yeah, they're just a, a strange bunch, aren't they? This, uh, this group of players at Chelsea obviously turned their fortunes around on, under Tuchel, look a completely different team to what they did under Lampard six weeks ago. So, make it that what you wish. But yeah, Newcastle without... Wilson, a completely different prospect, aren't they? Um, fully expect Chelsea to win. I'm going to go 3-0. Bonus games on Wednesday. If, you're, if you've gone two games without football and somehow you're missing it. Um, Burnley against... the Champions League that night, haven't you, as well? Well, in that uh, case, I don't think many people will be tuning into Burnley-Fulham when uh, <laughs> it's going to be Champions League on the off But yeah, Burnley again against Fulham on, on the Wednesday night, double match week for, for these two. Um you know, what ultimately a lot will depend on how they've gone at the weekend. So just may as well just give us a, a score prediction just to, based on what the do current I, I line to? of the. Yeah. <laughs> Can you go first, please? Nil nil. <laughs> uh, Burnley, um, one nil. <laughs> Short way, that's how we like it. But Everton, Man yeah. City, if you're not a lover of the Champions League, they. This looks an interesting game in the Premier League. Um, again, it will be influenced by what happened at the weekend. Everton will probably hope it's not a Calvert-Lewin for the Fulham game. He might well be available for this one. It'll be interesting to see, incidentally, how Pep goes about it because we know he rotates his, his teams on a regular basis. He'll, you know, the other week we fully expected John Stones to play a game and then didn't, for example. So... It will be interesting to see what Pep does over the weekend. But two big games for City and another tough test for the yeah. Goodison. Yeah, yeah, tough test. But, um, well, I remember when they went, they went for the league um, and I was, I was obviously when Liverpool and them were buying for the league when Suarez was there, what, 2013, 14 or whatever it was. 
Um, and I remember they went to Everton. Obviously, Everton uh, were in two minds as to whether they wanted to win or or to do Liverpool a favour or what. And, and they were like, oh, you know, this is a massive game. Everton's going to be half a Man City and they beat them. I, I, th- I think that was the case in the title race a couple of years ago as well. Man City had to go to Everton on their uh, run-in and they won. Um, I, 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 think, I think they'll have too much of them. Um, I'm toying between 2-1 or 3-1. I'll be nice to the lads and go 2-1. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go 2-0 Man City in this one. Partly because I just think defensively this season, they're just incredible. I think you said earlier, 14 goals. That's all they've conceded. And if you think five came against Leicester, which oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just incredible, yeah. really, isn't yeah, it? That, that, that is mad, to be fair. So uh, <laughs> looks as though City are going to get the clean sweep on the weekend and in midweek. You're listening to the Matchday FM podcast. Why not let us know what you think? Get in touch by searching for Matchday FM on social media. Okay, so time for the weekly awards. We'll start then, Joe, with, oh, let's go for the performance of the week. So uh, what do we reckon though, in terms of a team performance for the week? Um, trying to think, is it Manchester City? Well, is is there anything but Manchester City? Is that is that the correct answer? Um, yeah, Man City. <laughs> yeah. yeah, to be fair, I'm just it has, quickly, it has yeah, to be. I'm just clipped back on the results and thinking, yeah. To be fair, I don't think you can get make a case for anybody yeah. but Manchester City. We'll quickly move on then to to player of the week and I've got a strong suspicion we might have mentioned him earlier in the podcast yeah it's Foden isn't it all day long uh, bossed it in the hardest game of the season um, 20 years old scandalous talent absolutely uh, Gundogan would have probably had a stronger case if he hadn't missed a penalty uh, yes. to be fair yes. um, again there's, there's not really anybody who can have an argument otherwise, you know. I think um, a couple of decent showings here and there, but again, nobody has stand out like Phil Foden. Goal. This has a few more candidates, um, but what are you going for in this one in terms of your goal of the week? Um, I have to admit in not having seen all of the goals, but Again, I don't see how Foden's again the fourth goal is beaten of the goals that I've seen. Uh, such a good goal. I mean, I I, I hate I, I got some stick from the lads that I live with for clapping that goal, and I was like, well, because because they they they've they've always been to me. Uh, I don't know if I've said it before. You hate people clapping when goals are scored. I hate people clapping when it's your team when you're in a pub. And fans of that team are clapping the goal. That that just does my head in. Um, I'm thinking of Liverpool fans in London or Man United fans in London or what have you. Yeah. But um, you you know what I mean. Uh, but I was just like, wow, wow! Like cuts in, like goes on this mazy run and just goes bang. I mean, yeah, you could say that it goes through Allison, but oh, come on, it was just 
the power. You just, to, you just have to say that 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 is just unbelievable. Uh, I mean, I mean, his run for the for the what was it the third goal as well, like reminded you of Messi as well. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think the only other candidate for me is uh, Bruno Fernandez against Everton, where he hit it from the edge of the area. I mean, sort of like fainted to to cross it in. Had a rethink and they just smashed it. Oh, what, about Min- what about Minamino? Well. Minamino is a good goal as well. Into that f- that first yeah. touch sort of makes it, doesn't it? As well, so there, there was was good go- good goals, but I'm gonna have to agree and give it Foden because it was just superb goal. And it was the one goal other than the Bruno Fernandez, which obviously I will have celebrated massively considering it was my team. But the Foden goal, even though I, as a United fan, I don't like City or Liverpool really, but even I had to go, wow, Phil Foden, what a goal, what a player. In terms of manager then, um, do you give it pep and give them a clean sweep? Uh, probably, yeah. But um, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll say uh, as an honourable mention, Steve Bruce. Yeah. Um, I mean, the fact that they were down to, what, nine men. Um, I mean, Southampton were shocking in that second half and the goals that they gave away. But yeah, fair play to Newcastle. Um, maybe it wasn't particularly Bruce. But, I mean, he told them to camp on the edge of their own box. I mean, most people can tell you to do that, but fair play. You got the result. So uh, yeah, or or Dean Smith as well. Very good performance and result for for Villa after what was uh, not the best performance for them against West Ham to get them to bounce back and, and beat Arsenal um, uh, with a clean sheet as well. Fair play to them. Yeah, can't disagree with any of that. I think really we might as well have just said give everything Man City for yeah, for the awards yeah. because... Wait, that, waste think, of five minutes of the listeners' time. <laughs> yeah. Ultimately, I think that just goes to show just how good Man City were on the day. And this may as well have just been... Uh, Man City FM, the way, the way we've got on talks. So, but when a team is playing that good, you've just got to sit back and admire it, haven't you, Joe? And uh, we'll... yep, I'm afraid, I'm afraid, Liverpool lads, that is just how the cookie crumbles. Indeed. Well, we'll have to see if they can uh, get the two wins in the latest rounds of Premier League fixtures. Then, Man City, will they extend the lead? at the top of the Premier League and just continue to pull away. It looks likely. But my thanks to Joe for joining me, Chris Stott, in this episode of Prem Talk on the Match Day FM podcast. Make sure you tune in to all that other ones that are coming up. I believe Kieran and Sam have got a regular boxing one coming up as, as well. So keep an eye out on our social media platforms for that. Thanks for listening and good night. Thanks, Lottie. Splendid.